And so I just feel like today, this is going to be a season, which I'm, I'm spoiling my message already, but listen, we're starting a series called Miracle Season. Is that all right? Miracle Season. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's what it is. It's Miracle Season. And you're like, well, that's a cute title. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a cute season. Christmas is Christmas because of a miracle conception. Jesus was the miracle man. He came into the world as a miracle. His mama never even went on a honeymoon and got pregnant. Miracle. Virgin birth, miracle. Sinless life, miracle. Right? Death, burial, resurrection, miracle. Outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that's a good guess. Come on, it's safe. Go ahead and say it. Miracle. The ascension, yeah, it's a that's not David Copperfield or Chris Angel in Acts chapter 1. That's a miracle. And for some reason, in our day and age, in the Western world, and our great intellect, we've tried to arrest the power of God from the stories of the Bible. And we want the literature of the Bible, but not the power of it. We want the history, and the, 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 hist, the history of scriptures, but not the power of scriptures. And I just want you to know that Christianity without miracles is not Christianity. One-third of the ministry of Jesus was miracles. So you're like, well, I believe in the teachings of Jesus. Listen to me. The only reason people listen to Jesus, his words carried weight because of what he did. If he didn't get out of the grave, no one would have remembered him. And by the way, for my atheist brothers and sisters in here today, you would not know his name if he didn't get out of the grave. No one follows a Jewish carpenter that died a murderer's death on a Roman cross. You don't follow convicted convicts. You don't start a coup against all organized religion by some guy that died a murderer's death on the cross. And by the way, they're going to kill you for preaching about him, and you're willing to die for that lie. It is, it is absurd. It's nonsensical. And the fact that people don't believe in the, 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 the veracity of Scripture and the, and the inspiration of Scripture and the fact that it's protected more than any historical document in history. Do you know the Bible is more well-documented than Plato, Aristotle, any religious book? Some have one, two, three, four, five copies from the first century. We have over 20,000. This book has been preserved, protected. I'm sorry, I just feel like preaching a little bit today. This, my friends... It's going to be a miracle season. That's all I was trying to say. That was a fired up way of getting ADD and just getting excited. Where are we going? Let's go ride bicycles. You guys ready? I'm fired up. Got your Bible today. Go with me. Uh, read a passage, a uh, very familiar passage if you grew up in church. I personally probably taught on it probably 10 times, but I have never seen what I'm going to share with you. And by the way, if you are a Bible teacher today, I want to encourage you. Don't, don't study the Bible to, to feed other people. Just feed yourself. If you will put your mask on first, it's amazing how many other people you can put masks on for. So I, I put my mask on this week, and I just found myself uh, observing and being transformed and fed by the story. One of my favorite miracle stories in the Bible. I'm a pastor, so I like, I like it when man, big crowds get together and get excited for Jesus. And this is the best, because this is the Super Bowl of big crowds. And uh, it's Matthew uh, 14, it's, it's Mark 6, it's Luke 9, it's John 6, that this story, it's actually in all four. Say it with me, all four. It's not just in one gospel, it's not in two or three. And listen to me, apart from the resurrection, the only thing that's in all four is this miracle. Yeah. 
For some reason, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all like, this has to make the album. So they all agreed that this miracle was worthy of being recorded. And by the way, this is a crazy miracle. This miracle was the Costco bulk section miracle. This is a Costco miracle. I'll explain. It's a Costco miracle because it didn't happen to one person. It didn't happen to two or 10 or 20 or 100. This miracle was experienced by over 20,000. It is the largest scale scope miracle in the Bible. And I want to just let you know today, I'm not just teaching this passage out of what God has done. I'm here today to teach what he has done, to build your faith for what he will do. I believe we are entering a season of thousands of miracles. Thousands of miracles. And so if you're taking notes today, my title for this talk is called Thousands Filled. Go with me to John chapter 6. Thousands filled. Thousands filled. Who's hungry already? Come on. John chapter 6. If you're there, say I'm there. Pick up reading here in verse 1. Read about 14 verses to you. Stay with me today. Familiar passage, but don't miss it. Very, very significant. If you're brand new to our church, I'm going to read 14 verses. I'm going to pray, tell a couple stories, a few jokes. I'm going to give you a few points. And we're going to invite God to validate and verify with this blue check mark that this is his word. By healing the sick, by evicting darkness, having his light penetrate these, tent, these tents, and doing God things that only God does. If you believe it, can I get a good amen? Amen. If I can't get a Pentecostal amen, I'll take a Baptist head nod right now. I'll take a Presbyterian eyebrow raise. I'll take a Latter-day Saint deep breath. Just got to wake up a little bit. Stop looking like the cover girl for the book of Lamentations. You guys ready to go? It says this in John chapter 6. After these things, Jesus went out over the Sea of Galilee, which was the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude. How, what was it? Not a small crowd. By the way, if Jesus was alive today, he would have had a lot of followers. People are always hating on leaders in the church that have a lot of followers. It's like, no, if David was alive, he would be more famous than anybody. Okay? Follow. So, listen, great crowd follows Jesus because, 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 very important here. John wants to make sure you know why he's followed. Because they saw the signs. They witnessed the miracles of those who were, not are, but were diseased. You even look back at Josephus and early historians, and they all say the only reason Christianity spread as fast as it did is because no other religion on the earth in history was followed with the exorcism of demons and the healing of sick bodies, ever. And they say the reason why Rome got flipped upside down was because demons had never bowed their knees to any name, and sick bodies were never cured. Until this gospel came on the scene. So it didn't say they were healed. It says, they are healed. It says they they were healed. They were diseased. And it says because of it, large crowds followed Jesus. So he went up onto a mountain and sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, hey, Where are we going to get some bread for all these people to eat? Philip has a panic attack. It's not in there, but it should be. He said this to test Philip because he already knew what himself, what he would do. Philip answered and said, "Um, Jesus, a half a year's 
salary. You know, 30,000 in most states, uh, 500,000 in Orange County. <laughs> Tough crowd, you get that joke later. A half a year salary, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Just if, even if we had that, everyone would get one bite. That's what he's saying. This is an impossible circumstance. This is an impossible moment. And even if we had the impossible money, we still couldn't find a place to get it. It's all impossible. And I love this, about the story. So he goes, uh, we couldn't do it. Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, love this guy. He said to Jesus, uh, Jesus, well, <clears throat> let me try to help a little bit. I found a kid here. I hijacked his lunchbox. He's got five barley loaves that are like crackers. He's got two little pickled fish. He's got a number four from Long John Silver's. He's like, I, I look, but, but what is that amongst so many people? We got 20,000 plus people here. Jesus said, make the people sit down. He wasn't scared, wasn't intimidated. He took that boy's lunch and he brought order. Say it with me, order. order. Sometimes the problem with the spirit-filled world is they don't believe in order. And the problem with the world of structure and order is they don't believe in the move of the Spirit. There has to be an honoring of both. Can I get a witness up in here? Water without banks is a flash flood. And the Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living. Look, and it's not a lake of living water. It's a river. And the river is synonymous of banks that have order, but it has water that has flow. Some people have water with no banks, and some people have banks with no water. It's good preaching already. Come on. The number was about 5,000 there. So he made him sit down on the grass in that place, and there was 5,000 men. It's interesting that Luke, Mark, and Matthew, they only count, they only count the men. It's very, very, very customary in the, in the world of antiquity that you only counted the men. So the women and the children, the women and the what? They were not counted. So scholars say, yes, 5,000 men, but they're married. The average ratio of families back then was four to five kids. So they're saying 20 plus thousand people. 5,000 men that are counted, 15 plus thousand that are uncounted unaccounted for. Are you with me? It's important. Just make note of that. So it says that they sat there. Jesus took the loaves from the disciples. The disciples grabbed it. They gave it to Jesus. He took the loaves. And when he gave thanks, he blessed it. He broke it. He distributed it to the disciples. Not to the crowd, to the disciples. Not to the crowd, but to the disciples. Not to the crowd, but to the Very important here because sometimes we think that Jesus will bless the world without using us. God will feed a hungry world, but he always uses his disciples. Through the hands of the disciples, those were sitting down. Likewise, they took the fish as much as they wanted. Now, that's an easy verse to read until you have Ocean's College students. And when you realize that you're giving these guys permission to eat as much as they wanted, this makes it even a greater miracle. Like feeding 20,000 with one number four from Long John Silver's, that's a miracle. But the fact that you didn't just feed them, they ate as much as they wanted. Have you ever seen Nathaniel Chan eat? He is hollow on the inside. You ate as much as you wanted. And it goes on, it says this. And it says, and they were all filled. 
They were all, catch this today, they didn't just eat. It wasn't just a miracle. They ate as much as they wanted. And they were all, not some, not some, not some. I'm going somewhere today. Because doggone it, devil, this is a prophetic message. It's not some, it says they all ate. Everyone that calls oceans home is going to eat. We're going we're gonna to see the power of God. And I'm not talking about natural bread that satisfies natural stuff. I'm talking about the bread that came down from heaven that gave life to the world. They all ate as much as they wanted. And they were filled. People committing suicide because they're hungry. People getting divorced because they're hungry. People throwing their families away because they're hungry. You know what you need? You need to eat as much as you can. Problem is you're eating the wrong stuff today. Trying to eat more materialism. That stuff will, it's like drinking salt water. It'll kill you the faster you go after it. It looks refreshing, but it'll take your soul. I'm sorry, man. Settle down. Second service, bro. Chill. It's not a conference, preacher. I'm still reading. They, they had as much as they want is what I was trying to say. And they were all filled. He said to his disciples, gather up the fragments. He talked to the disciples again. Who did he talk to? Hey, guys, you see the miracle just happened? Everyone's full. Nathaniel's full. That's crazy, right? Listen, go, go get the leftovers. Go get them. So they went over. They got all 12 baskets. How many disciples? Jesus is like, everyone's going home with a doggy bag. 12 baskets left over. I'm not a chef. I have friends that are. And what I know about chefs is they know that if there's excess, you lose money. So imagine this. If a chef can calculate everyone's level limit to be full, and not like, not like your aunt or your mama. My mom will make leftovers for two weeks. She still cooks like she has five kids at home. Listen, I'm not talking about your mom. I'm talking about a chef. A chef will make sure he makes just enough food to feed the restaurant. And I wonder if anyone would give God credit that he knew just the right amount to feed the crowd. But he doesn't just feed the crowd. There's leftovers. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. He says, gather up the fragments so that nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. Therefore, they gather them up, fill 12 baskets with fragments, leftovers, through the little to-go box. Five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. And those men, when they seen the sign, the miracle that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus did. Not the disciples, Jesus did it. He used the disciples, but it was Jesus that did it. This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Forgive me for being so excited. I'm just excited for today. Why are you happy? I'm just I'm happy all the time. Why are you smile? Smile is my favorite. You guys ready to go? Father, we love you. We invite you. God, do what only you can do today. This is your church. These are your people. California belongs to you. The earth is the Lord's and everything inside of it. The atheist in here, the agnostic in here, the Buddhist, the Muslim. God, the skeptic online that's mocking this. God, those that God wouldn't agree with us. God, you, 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 you own them all. God, the breath in their lungs is a gift from you. So, Lord, today, would you, would you, would you encounter us? Would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you do something today, Lord, that wouldn't just be historical, but, Lord, let it be prophetic.
I pray that you'd remind us of history, Lord, to speak faith into our future. God, let 2023 be so outrageous with signs, wonders, and miracles. Let it be more people coming to faith than we've ever seen. Let it be a wave of revival that we've been dreaming and longing for. And do something in California that the eyes of the world would have to take note of. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask and we pray. And someone that got a little faith today shouted amen. Amen. That's a bold prayer. I know maybe you don't agree, you're not a Christian yet. Maybe you're here because your grandma or your girlfriend or your mom or dad invited you. Maybe you're here because you're just looking for truth. Maybe you're on the hunt. Maybe you're like, I am not a Christian. I'm just here because this girl I'm dating is really pretty. And um, she said, come to church or it's over. So here we are. That's all right. Let's find some common ground. Can we find some common ground? I think one of the great victims of 2020 was the samples at Costco. Common ground. Say it with me, common ground. Let's common, and we all agree. We can't maybe not agree on everything right now, but let's just go, let's go here. The red and white tablecloths, the microwaves, the Coleman cooking stoves, whipping up something that was previously deep frozen, that some delicacy warms up. Can we just all agree that there's something about those samples? I'm convinced that Costco's food is recession proof. It's the only place in America you can still get a hot dog for $1.25 and a drink. Praise God. We, and I know we didn't have Disneyland. We had Costco. My kids grew up. We didn't know. Come on, about any, any you know, whatever. Uh, we, we, just knew, we, 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 just, we just knew there was, there was Costco. My oldest daughter, Kenzie, when she was little, she couldn't say samples. She would call it stamples. And I'm telling you that we, we, going to Costco was a big ordeal for the Francie family. I don't know why, but I just, I grew up loving the samples. I just love, I'm like a NASCAR driver making a route. I'm doing laps in the store with 60 other people. You know who you are. You hit the hot pocket stand? Yeah. I'll see you back over there in five. I grew up. I love samples, man. My daughters would go, Kenzie would be like, Daddy, let's get some more samples. So we have our car. We're looping around. We're buying $20 of product. We're eating $60 of samples. Come on. So we're just making our loops. Something about eating, man. Something about getting full. I just, I love it, man. I would eat so many samples that there wouldn't be much appetite left at the end. What was there left, we'd go to the little, you know, to the, the cafe there. Come on, who can all agree that that, like, that little berry sundae is just, it's like heaven and hell had a baby, right? Like, I shouldn't, but here we go. I was thinking about. Being full, being, being full, being full. Being full is an awesome feeling. I love Thanksgiving. We all know this is fresh in your minds. Being full. Being full is a gift. As we watch on the screens, most of the world suffers going to sleep at night not knowing when their next meal is coming. Hunger pains are a, a large reality for a, a large, I think it's like 60% of the earth at some point during the week has hunger pains. Not by choice. Being full is a gift. The world of antiquity, it's a, it's a gift. They didn't have processed foods. They didn't have grocery stores. These, these people, they were like literally, it was like it was a big ordeal to know where your meals were coming from each day. So you have this story. It's, it's, it's Again, it's the Costco bulk section miracle. I love it because there's miracles in the Bible of blind eyes opening. There's stories of dead people coming back to life. There's stories of eyewitnesses in a boat watching Jesus tell the wind to shut up. People saw miracles. But there's only one time in Scripture that this quantity, there's another time there was 4,000, but this is the largest, that these people actually collectively at one moment experienced 
thousands of miracles at the same time. Everyone ate. Everyone got all they could eat. Everyone experienced what it was like to be full. Some scholars go on the record and say this wasn't any type of bread. This wasn't any type of, of fish. This was fish that was never created in the fallen world. It was made in the disciples' hands by God himself. So they were eating some, like, some, some, some special barley loaves. They were eating some special fish. And I love this story because it says basically Jesus is doing the longest message so far in his career. It's a long church service. He starts at 9 o'clock. He goes, he burns through second service. He burns through what would be the third service. It's now 2 p.m. You've missed all the morning games. Peter and Andrew are like, dude, if he doesn't stop, we're going to die. I am so hungry right now. You ever been so hungry? You're like, I better eat or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. You ever said that? It's not true. Come on, Esau. It's, you're lying to yourself. Listen, but you feel like it. You feel like, I'm going to die if I don't get some food right now. And so he literally goes, Andrew, Jews like, well, dude, look, we're, we got to get some food stat. Someone interrupts Jesus' series. He's not doing a message. He's doing a series. He's two series in. He's been preaching for six hours. It says when the day has been long spent. In the Greek, that means when the day has been long spent. <laughs> Sun's going down. Everyone's hungry, but it's so good. They're like, I'm not leaving. You leaving? No, I'm not leaving. This is good. Now, I've been to some good messages. I've heard some good services. I've never heard a message that good. Someone's like, that's the truth right now. This isn't that good. Hurry up. i got some barbecue to get to. I'm, I'll hurry. Just settle down, Jethro. Are you with me still? So here, this is important. Is there's this scenario that you have a hungry crowd, and Jesus in the middle of a message. And I love the fact that literally goes on. It says, all right, well, uh, you give them something to eat. Philip's like, um, I could work as hard as I could for six months and still not be able to see a miracle like this. And that's what some of you think. Some of you are like, man, if I could work as hard as I could, do all my power I could do, and God still couldn't do it. That's the point. Is there are some things, impossibility-wise, that God is only alone qualified to do in your life? So we see here, he goes, Philip. What do you got? You feed him. It's like, uh, a half a year's wage would give everybody one bite. And they leave angry because they didn't get enough food. And Andrew's like, all right, this is all crazy, but let's just throw something more crazy in the mix. Uh, I found a kid here, hijacked his lunch pail. He's got uh, five fish, two, 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 he's got five loaves, two fish. Um, but again, there's 20,000 people. This sounds stupid. <laughs> Jesus, like, this sounds awesome. Have him sit down. So they all sit down. He's still with me today? Catch this. He brings order. They sit down. And uh, I think Andrew's like, um, Jesus, I don't think you heard me. Like, we only have one snack pack. I don't have thousands of these things. I, ha I, ha I, have I, got I got one. And we don't even have five loaves anymore because Peter, he, he mowed down half of one. So, like, we're already, like, this is already not looking good. And I want to just bring your attention to this thing is that the first thing we know is that miracles happen. If you're taking notes, I want you to capture this idea because this, this miracle is in every single gospel for a reason. It's because there's never been so many people that have been touched by God's power at one time. Never been so many people that have been filled by God's power in one moment. This is a Costco, Sam's Club, bulk sell miracle. Are you ready? First thing we know about God's power is this, is where God's compassion meets our hunger this is the breeding ground for miracles. You show me someone that's desperate for God to move, 
You show me where they got to God's compassion, and I will show you a long laundry list of God happenings. What do you mean, Mark? Well, I mean, usually God positions himself within reach, but in very few circumstances does God impose his own will to do something that someone doesn't want to happen. I can tell you on one hand the stories that Jesus initiated the miracle, came to the guy at the pool of Bethesda, and he's like, hey, what do you want? He's like, oh, I want to walk, but I can't, I can't the water stirs, I can't get in it. He's like, well, what do you want? And Jesus initiated it, but God walked by how many people to heal that guy? I could go on. Bartimaeus, why did he get healed? Because he was in yelling distance of Jesus. The ten lepers, why did they get healed? Because all ten requested to be healed. Well, what about the woman with the issue of blood? She said to herself, if I get close enough to touch him, I'll be made well. Jesus oftentimes will get close enough to be seen, but like when he walked on the water, he only stops when we request him to stop. Where our hunger meets his compassion, get ready for miracles. Can I get a good amen? Do you believe it today? I'm hungry for God to move. I'm desperate. I'm like, there's too many people that don't believe God heals anymore. Man, the church is littered with pastors that don't think God moves anymore. God, would you move again in our time window? We know that revivals, man, they change history. But we know this, is that when our hunger meets God's compassion, miracles begin to happen. Second thing we know about the story is, is God will use what you do have to initiate the miracle. What you do have. Say it with me, do have. You know what the problem of the story is? It's the same as your problem. You usually think that God won't do it because of what you don't have. And here's I got good news to report you today. God will use what you don't count to count the most. God will use what you don't count to count the most. You know why? Because there was 5,000 men. And the kid that had the miracle wasn't counted. They didn't count kids and women. And the only one there that God used to do the miracle was the one that nobody was counting on. This is the narrative of Jesus Christ. He chooses the weak of the world to do things that count that no one else would count. He bets on people that no one else bets on. He raises up weak people to confound the strong. He raises up the dumb to confound the wise. He chooses the weak to confound. Are you hearing me today? This is the gospel narrative that he doesn't choose what you and I choose. You, 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 you want to feed thousands? Give me someone that counts. And they're like, there's no men that have any food. Just a kid that doesn't count. I'm grateful, man, that God didn't wait for someone that counted to come to Orange County to do what we're doing. I'm grateful that God saw someone like Rochelle and I that maybe no one else would count. And say, you know what? I could count somebody from an Ivy League seminary. I could count somebody from this big church or this big movement. But I'm going to raise up someone from the deserts of the high deserts of Idaho to come to the to come to the Saddleback Valley and be one of the many churches that I will revive. I'm a victim of man God counting the uncountable. This is what God does. You're like, well, Mark, I don't really have anything that counts. No, don't, don't throw yourself out just yet. God will multiply what you don't count. I don't, I don't really have a future. No, he'll, he'll multiply what you don't count. I don't really think that good things are going to happen. I don't think that, man, God can redeem my path. Listen, you're, you think it's unworthy to be counted, and God's like, that's the very thing that we need. 
See, God always uses with miracles what you do have, not what you don't have. That's why the prophet said, what is in the house? What do you have? You got jars? Go get as many as you can. You got ditches? Go dig as many ditches as you can. God will always do miracles if you utilize what you, you do have. What I have found in my life to be true is that oftentimes you can't get to where God's calling you to go, but there is something around you that if you would grab it, it'll get you far enough to the next point that'll take you to where God wants you to go next. There's always something within reach that you wouldn't count on to be the miracle that God will use to get you there. God will use what you do have. Can I get an amen? This is a important part. So he said, all right, all we got is this kid that doesn't count. No one's accounted for this kid. I almost called this message unaccounted for miracles. But I thought, no, that's a little bit, you know, it's not, good. It's not as good as what I was going to say. Feeding thousands sounds better. So here's what I, my point is, again, this is prophetic. I'm going somewhere with this. Is God, God used this, this interruption in the message that, hey, what we do have, Andrew's like, look, I, I'm not good at a lot of things. I love the fact that Andrew is always referred to as Simon Peter's brother. It was like he never graduated out of the shadow of his brother. But I think in heaven, he's going to get the same reward as his brother. Because there was no Peter without Andrew. You know, the only times we see Andrew in the Bible, he was bringing people that shouldn't be brought to Jesus. That is the testimony of Andrew. Hey, Andrew, what are you doing? I found the Messiah. Come with me and see him for yourself. He brought his brother that no one thought would ever get saved. And we have the great apostle that Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. You know why God had that rock? Because Andrew was good at bringing people that no one else counted on. We don't have any food. We got, I found this kid, Jesus. He's just a little boy. I hijacked his lunchbox. It has X-Men on the, on the cover of this lunchbox. I found five loaves, two fish. But what is this amongst so many? But I've learned this, that if I'll bring people to you, I'm not God, but I just know if I can get him in the atmosphere where God is. I want to combat this nonsense like, well, if you're not personally preaching the gospel and getting people saved on the streets and you're not leading them in sinner's prayer and evicting demons on the sidewalk, you're not really a disciple. If your Christianity is just inviting your friends to church, that's not real Christianity. And I want to say, yes, for those of you that have that boldness and you're mature in your faith, you will do it on the sidewalks. But don't ever make fun of someone's baby steps. That for them to take baby steps of saying, hey, I'm going to butcher what I'm trying to share with you. But if you'll come to where Jesus is with me, that's not real Christianity. If, if we had 56 people get saved last Sunday, we're doing something right around here. Okay, like, how many people you led to the Lord this year? Whoa. I'm sorry, I, just, I feel this bugs me. If they're getting saved in church, keep bringing them to church. Do it on the sidewalk too, but don't ever say, if it's only happening in church, it's not good. God's moving in church, let's celebrate. I saw a comedian hating on churches that we're proud of, that we're excited about. I'm like, what do you want us to be? Don't come to my church, nothing good's happening. I don't like my pastors or my leaders. I don't like the kids' workers. I hate all of it. I'm just, man, I, I just want to deconstruct everything and start from scratch. I can't stand what God's doing. But I love Jesus. That sounds like the gospel. But comedians are making fun of Christians that love their churches. 
We're proud of our churches. I think if you were raised in the days of Solomon and you saw a church that David put aside $22 billion worth of gold and worth of marbles and worth of gems, and Solomon builds the most beautiful structure. And I love the fact that when David describes the house of God, he says it's going to be magnificent, it's going to be glorious, that the eyes of those, and this is what David said. David says, we're not building this thing for the people. We're building this thing for God. And I want you to know that, yes, church is for you, but we're building this church so that God can dwell with his people. That's why we're building a church. Sorry, I'm fired up today. Get off of me. There's miracles that God is doing in our lifetime. The problem with our generation, we have a TikTok generation that takes nothing serious. We have a disease in America and it's called we take nothing serious. We joke about everything. We're irreverent about everything. We talk bad about politicians, pastors, school teachers, police officers. We have no problem dishonoring anyone and everyone. We shame our fathers and our mothers. And we live in an hour with no honor and no respect and no fear of the Lord. And we wonder why there's no power. Listen, 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 listen. If I was to somehow talk some, some famous celebrity or some powerful p political leader to come in here today, and the moment they walked, I said, hey, welcome so-and-so, and everyone in the room just started talking. Everyone in the room started just turning around. People started getting up and walking out. Let me tell you something about that leader or that celebrity or that politician. If they felt so dishonored by all of you that you didn't give them any respect when they walked in, they might come one time, but you know what I'd be willing to tell you? I couldn't get them to come back. You know why? You know what they'd say? They'd say, I've never felt so dishonored. I'm not going back there. But that's what we do in the Christian church today. I don't like this pastor. I don't like this leader. I don't like that singer. I don't like that song. And we're so critical. And we criticize the people that God's raising up. And we wonder, where's the power of God? I want miracles to happen in our church. Where's the honor? You show me the honor, I'll show you the miracles. I know this sounds crazy and stupid, Jesus, but what I do have is I got, I got a kid's lunch here. I know it's ridiculous, but I just know in the Old Testament, there was a prophet that fed 100 people with 20. You're better than he is. Maybe you do something great. And I love the fact that it says Jesus took it, he blessed it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples. And I want you to catch this. The miracle happened in the disciples' hands, not in the master's hands. This is probably the biggest mistake Christians make sometimes is they think, no, Jesus goes straight from the, straight from the throne to the crowd. No, he wants to do the miracle in our hands. Peter took a broke piece of fish and bread, and he started passing it out with Andrew to these crowd that's sitting down. And he's like, here you go, don't take too much. Here you go, don't, shh, settle down. Nathaniel, <laughs> chill, bro. And what happened was right when they got to the end, Peter looked down and the bread and the fish grew in his hand. And right when it started getting down to the end again, he looked down and it grew again. The miracle of multiplication did not happen in the hands of the master. It happened in the hands of the disciples. It's a big point. It's a big point here.
I was thinking about a couple things. Put all the points if you can up on the screen just for me. It's still today blessed and broken people that feed a hungry world. Problem with most American Christianity is we have blessed Christians that have never let God break their will. Like, God bless me, give me wisdom, give me knowledge, give me platforms, give me favor, give me understanding, give me anointing. But we've never surrendered our will to his will. What happens is you become these great horses that are strong and beautiful, but you have a mind of your own. That's why I prefer motorcycles over horses, to be honest with you. I'm like, this motorcycle has no mind. It's going to do whatever my hand says to do. That horse can think for itself. I remember I went on a horseback ride. We took our kids. We were in Mammoth. And I had this, like, suicidal horse. Straight up. We're going on these cliffs, and this horse just wanted to die. I just, I, I'm like, I was breaking the spirit of death off this horse. I'm not, it was crazy. Dan Dunson was in front of me, and my horse kept on biting Dan's horse's butt. I'm like, bro, you ever heard of a horse kick? You're going to catch one to the jaw. We're both going over the cliff. Leave the horse alone. He had a mind of his own. And I'll be honest, I don't want to ride a horse as big as it is, as strong as it is, as beautiful as it is, on a cliff if it has its own will. We're going where Liverboard wants to go. I'm going to live. We're going to go this way. And I just feel like this is what God wants is the miracles will happen in our hands if we'll let God, we'll surrender to God and go, God, so here's the truth. The only things that will multiply in your life are the things that you give God. Some of you never seen a miracle because you've never given God anything first. Never seen a miracle, man, in my, my family because you never prayed for your family to God. Never seen really God do anything in my business because you've never given anything in your business to God. You've actually compartmentalized ripping people off at work and your faith on Sundays. And you need to stop doing that. God can't bless crooked. It's a word for somebody today. God, God will, uh, he'll bless you and he'll multiply what you bring to him. Some of you never trusted God with your finances. I'm just telling you, he will only multiply what you bring to him first. So he has to be blessed before it's multiplied. And here's the next thing. It has to be broken before it multiplies. I have found some people, they impact a little bit, but they don't let God break the deep parts of their heart and their soul. So they're not able to be distributed to help more people. <laughs> you know what the reward is for good work? More work. He who produces fruit is pruned so he can produce more fruit. So, man, if you do this right, if you surrender to God right, you're going to have to surrender again. I, I mean, I, it bugs me. Like, even financially, I'm like, every year, I'm like, man, I'm going to give more than last year. And like, I try to do it, and I do it. And then we're like, praise God. And then I'm like, man, maybe this year God will like, just let us take it easy. Just live by logic a little bit, you know? Like normal people. And as that annoying voice is like, you know, give this crazy amount of money, like, ah, oh, man. You sure that's not the devil? I want so bad that generosity to be the devil right now. But I found this, that multiplication happens when we actually give it to God first. And if we'll let God break it, he'll multiply it. Can I give you a couple more thoughts here? Leftovers will always follow God's obedience. So God told me, he said, this can be a season of thousands of miracles. Thousands will be filled. And if I could summarize this 
number 19 miracle out of 37 great miracles that Jesus did, I would say, uh, in, in essence, as the crowd, if we're going to see thousands of miracles, we have to have the hunger of Jesus to meet the compassion of Jesus. As the boy, we have to let God use what we do have. We have to give the God, we have to give God the little that we do have so God could use it. I heard one scholar say it this way, little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. As the disciples, I believe this, that our obedience to Jesus' instruction will always have the power to multiply our efforts. And as the 12 baskets full of leftovers, there's always leftovers to obeying God's voice. I want to remind you that David says, my cup overflows. You ever thought about why in the world would David write that in the Psalms, that my cup overflows? The only person that causes a cup to overflow is a blind server that's trying to fill your cup up. If you're watching, you don't fill it to overflow. But David wants you to know that's not God. God is an overflow God. God's a God that says, throw the nets on the other side of the boat, and you'll catch so many that the nets will break, that the boats will sink. Yeah, that's the kind of God that we serve. That if you obey me, I have leftovers. I'm not going to just feed 25,000 people. I'm going to show you that there's still something left. Because I'm the God of exceedingly, abundantly beneath. Exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask. Come on, Daniel, all that you can think. Come on, Mark, all that you can imagine. Come on, Santiago. This is the God that we serve. And I'm convinced of this today. That if, if the disciples wouldn't yell at Jesus when he was close to them, he would have kept on walking, the author said. It's our hunger to say, Jesus, stop here, stop now. It's the, it's, the, it's the woman's faith that goes, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. It's the blind lepers that say, if we ask him, he'll hear us. He'll fill us. I'm telling you, there's things that you could never do, Philip, in a half a year that God could do in a moment. Little is much when God is in it. And I'm just telling you today, man, that God's power and his authority is coming in this moment of our life. This is going to be so powerful that what's going to happen in 2023, God's hour of power is going to be on display. And I want to just declare it before it happens. There will, listen to me, be thousands. Thousands filled. Thousands healed. Thousands saved. I believe in an outpouring of God's spirit that's going to transform Orange County in a way that's going to make L.A. County envious, make San Diego County scratch their heads and go, what in God's name is happening? And, and that 3.2 million populated area of Orange County, God is going to do a work in our days that we would not believe even if it was told to us. You see, the people saw him, they heard him, they believed him, they experienced a miracle, and when they tasted a miracle meal, they begin to talk about it. And I believe filled people talk about it. I think the ministry of Jesus was accelerated after 25,000 people tasted for themselves. There was never another bulk sale miracle like this that so many tasted power simultaneously. And this is what I was trying to say. All of that to share this. When I was praying this week for you, he just told me to say, Mark, tell him this prophetically. This is a season of miracles. Christmas is a miracle season. 
But 2023 is going to be a year that we document medically, relationally. It's going to be with marriages and families and children and businesses. It is going to be, listen to me, a year of thousands of miracles. People just talk to me. Did that happen to you guys too? That happened to us. It was crazy. Stepped out. This happened. This is crazy. God delivered my aunt. She was demon possessed. God saved my cousin. He was running from God. Man, my aunt, she was going to have an abortion. Gave it up for an adoption. It's crazy. God, miracle story. Everyone got saved. We are entering into a window, I believe. There's going to be a window. Listen, when revival, when I say revival, I'm saying people become aware of the reality of God. When that happens, you know Hezekiah's revival was so transcendent on culture, on the empire, that even after he was dead, the remnants of his revival raised up four Jewish boys that changed Babylon. You know their names? Daniel, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. You know those Jewish boys that changed in the book of Daniel, Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar? You know they were the fruit of Hezekiah's revival? And I believe, listen to me very closely, I believe that when the people of God are hungry for God's compassion, when our hunger intersects and collides with God's compassion to save, God is more interested in saving than He is in, in punishing. He's more interested, I believe, in actually showing people His love than demonstrating His justice. God's going to move in our hour. He's going to heal. He's going to save. He's going to deliver. And listen, it's going to be so profound in our lifetime that it's going to open up a window of mercy for our kids and for our grandkids. You know one of the coolest words I got this year? My friend Bit said, Mark, in prayer today, this is about six months ago, he said, Mark, in prayer today, he said, God showed me a vision. And I saw Ocean's churches thriving. I saw them all over the world. I can't remember how you said it, but, but he said this. He goes, he said, Mark, I saw Ocean's churches thriving spiritually when Jesus returned to the earth. God, God showed me that we were going to raise up a movement of people that would be a remnant that would be on fire for God, whether he returns in our lifetime or it's a hundred generations from now. Let's build something that God can multiply, that he can bless, that'll outlive us. Amen. Stand to your feet today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for thousands of miracles. I thank you for filling thousands. If you're here today and you need a physical miracle, if you need a financial miracle, if you're here today, you have a mental need, maybe a relational miracle need, whether it's a sign and a wonder, I want you to get out of your seats and come to the front today. I believe that today starts a season of miracles. I believe that doctors will verify it. I believe that medical reports will show it. Checking accounts will prove it. That God is a miracle working God. It's already started. I have faith that, man, every week, every week, mark my words, every week, every week, thousands of miracles, thousands of miracles. I pray for people watching in Poland, in Finland. I pray thousands of miracles, thousands of miracles. I pray thousands of miracles, starting in Orange County, spreading all over the globe. Let it be a window in our life that we would say God was pouring out His power in an uncanny, unprecedented way. We pray miracle, 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 miracle.
I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would add years to life, add decades. If you can extend Hezekiah's life, you can extend Amanda's life. I pray, Lord, that you would do a new thing, shall it not spring forth. I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of God's kids the wonderful things he has in store for his people. So come on, let's, let's begin to worship him as the God that heals. Come and see what the Lord has done for me. Come and see what the Lord has done for me. No love like the love you give me. Come on, church. Come and see what the Lord has done for me. Come and see what the Lord has done for me. No love like the love you give me. No one else can set this captive free. Come and see what the Lord has done for me. Come and see what the Lord has done for me. No love like the love you give me. No one else you set this captive free. You set this captive free. You set this captive free. No love like the love you give me. No one else can set this captive free. stretch forth your hands to the front today we command that spirit of infirmity to loose your grip right now spirit of infirmity loose your grip right now we rebuke the spirit of infirmity and we command Lord life and not death they would live to declare the goodness of God and the land of the living we appropriate the blood of Jesus we say Lord live and not die live and not die we curse diseases in Jesus' name, and we release the spirit of the living God to heal, to heal, to heal, to heal in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I see like a spirit, it's like an evil spirit trying to confuse your sexuality and your identity. I'm not going to call you out, but I feel it right now being evicted in Jesus' name. Doug, I saw, I saw an a accusation in a heavenly realm saying, let's accuse them. 
let's assault them. And I see God with his gavel saying, no, this far and no further. Doug, God is fighting for you. And you watch how even over the next six weeks, leading into six months of great victory, I believe that you will recover all in Jesus' name. I hear the Lord saying, you will recover all in Jesus' name. Sign, a wonder, a testimony in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I feel it right now. There's even a gentleman in here, you've like, you've been sober. There's still this ongoing battle with, with addiction. And I just command that, that spirit of addiction right now, that diabolical spirit with methamphetamine, yeah, with cocaine, I command you to loose your grip right now. You're going to live and not die to declare the goodness of God on the land of the living. We arrest that spirit of infirmity, that spirit of addiction now in Jesus Christ's name. There's someone you've been struggling with pathological lying. And God right now is, I see him, he's, he's, he's arresting that darkness in you. And I just see the Lord sending light and life, joy and hope, peace, righteousness. Yeah, joy in the Holy Spirit right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Come on, stretch forth your hands, Oceans Church to the front. Say, Holy Spirit, we invite you to invade every man, every woman, every child on earth as it is in heaven. Well, let's prophesy today. On earth as it is in heaven. No sickness, no lack, no darkness, no shadows. So we command now the light, the love, the power, the peace to flow, to heal in Jesus Christ's name. I pray for thousands of miracles. Let today be the first wave of thousands of miracles, thousands being filled, thousands of miracles. I pray that word would get out all over this land, that there is a place to be healed by God. There is a community that believes that God is not retired from miracles. I ask you, Lord, to do something in our lifetime that's unprecedented. I pray we would decorate our auditorium with crutches, with crutches, wheelchairs. Let us decorate with patches. God. I pray that you would, you would allow us to document the great miracles of God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the credit. In Jesus' name. Come on, we adore you, Jesus. Come on, we adore him. He's worthy. Come on, all honor, all glory. Kindness being poured out to generations. Mercy.
Worship like you already got healed. Worship like you already have the victory. feel his presence he's healing bodies he's touching minds and he's knocking on the door right now some of you you've given God 50% of your life but you've never given him all and I just feel like the Lord just say, saying if you give me whatever you give me I'll multiply give me your whole heart and watch how I bless your life how I lead your life and direct your life some of you are running from God today and God's chasing you down Others in here, you didn't want to believe in God because you like living for yourself. 
But God says, I'm real, I'm here, I'm knocking, and if you'll invite me in, I'll do more in your life than you'll ever do for your life. It's time to surrender. It's time to invite God in. All over the tents today, all over online, if you're here and you know you're not living fully surrendered to God, and today's the day you go all in, not halfway in, not part of your chips, all in. Today's the day that I want to crown him the king of my life. I'm going to ask him, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you come forward. You might be forward already. That's fine. But I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just, just raise your hand on the count of three. All over the tents. If you're online, you're going to write heart, H-E-A-R-T. There was five or seven people last week that gave their lives to the Lord on our live stream. If you're in the tents, so you're going to raise your hand online. You're going to write heart. I'm out of time. He's here. He's moving. Someone he's healing right now. Someone, like there's a lady in here, you have an issue with your rib cage. God's healing something in your rib cage before he actually saves your soul to let you know that not only can I heal you physically, I'll take care of you eternally. I think your name's Cindy. I pray right now, all over the tents, all over online, that's you. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, I want to give my life fully. Three, would you just raise it real high right now? I'm not going to embarrass you. Just put it up. No one's looking. No one's looking. I see three. Real high. Real high. Real high. Real high. Four. Real high. Five. Real high. Real high. Keep it up. Six. Real high. Seven. Real high. Eight. Real high. Real high. Nine. I see in the back. Real high. Anybody else? Anybody else? I gotcha. 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 I see nine. Nine hands at least. Do me a favor, Oceans. Let's pray with those nine. More online, I'm sure. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit. I invite you to come inside of me. Would you lead me and show me Jesus? I give you every part, my mind, my will, my body, my emotions. I surrender the keys to my life and I ask you to direct me, to guide me, and to be with me. I want to live for you and with you the rest of my life. I desire to never leave your side. Speak to me as I read your Bible. Plug me in to a healthy church. Disciple me so I can live like you. In Jesus' name. We prayed that prayer. We would just say this is the beginning. Amen. Amen. Would you give God a hand clap today? It's so awesome. What an atmosphere. If you guys can, you can start making your way back. We'll have you out of here in about two minutes. Such a hunger. Such a presence. Hard. Transitioning out of these moments. We have people in our tents afterwards that will love to pray for you. God's still touching your heart right now. We have so many people that are fired up to pray. Just outside the tents here, there's a prayer tent. You get some more prayer there. What an awesome Sunday. Please do me a favor, Oceans. I'm, I'm glad that some of you invited your friends today that needed miracles. And my, my, my belief is that this will be a December that we see God heal more than we've ever seen him heal. And so who, who, who is a friend or a family member? that could use a touch from God this month. Use a touch, maybe physical healing or maybe going through a tough storm right now. Would you do me a favor, just bring them, I, just, I think if we can get them here, I think God will touch them. Amen. I love you so much. Don't miss next Sunday. Amen. Give God a good hand clap, church.